Welcome to Green Carpet Interviews. Let's get into the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Green Carpet Interviews. Uh, today, we're, we've got someone that's really cool. I'm looking forward to this interview because, you know, we're both, we're both sort of entrepreneurial, you know? I'd say like, even from a younger age, from me, younger age, and obviously you too, you know, um, you've had that sort of entrepreneurial spirit. And today we're going to meet somebody who is very, you know, like she is like next level, you know, she is like, she's teaching the entrepreneurs what's going on in, in the world. Um, um, her, so yeah, yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't just waiting for you to sink. No, uh, no, you're, you're doing good. No, really. Uh, I think it's going to be exciting, uh, to just have this person come on and I'm going to, you know, lay down. Uh, this is Stephanie. And so uh, she's going to come and she's an amazing person. Uh, and I've, I've, listen to quite a bit of what she's done already and um i'm just really excited you know as entrepreneurs ourselves you know having so much to learn i can't wait to hear all that she has to uh, to teach us so and she's got a very unique way of really expressing uh, all that needs to be done and uh, just uh, just the mental organization that she has uh, i'm just looking forward to this yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's gonna be a a good, and I'm 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 excited for the people, especially if you are a uh, an entrepreneur who is, who is vegan, who is you know, looking to, or maybe you already have a business and you're looking to, understand and and grow, or you are you know, uh, you've got an idea, you know, and you're, looking to see well, how do you what's the next step? What do you <laughs> what do you have to do next in order to, you know, make this work, you know? So, um, so yeah, it's just, uh, it's just gonna be great. So she is a, uh, uh, she works with a lot of entrepreneurs at her company is vegan mainstream, which is, um, it's just, a, it's just a great concept. She, uh, we'll have her explain more, but let's just bring her on. Hello, there's Stephanie. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Doing great. great. Doing awesome. really good. Thank you so, so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. It's an honor. I'm really excited <laughs> about today's session. Um, so for those uh those people who don't know who you are, um, can you just give us a like a brief intro on 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 what you do and all that? Absolutely. So I had this like vision when I started my company and maybe even just being a vegan and having an entrepreneur background, I had this idea of like, what could I do to help kind of move the movement forward? How do we create this like pro-vegan world? So what I do really on a day-to-day -day basis um, is try to help perpetuate that world by creating kind of a infrastructure around the vegan movement. Um, what we do here at Vegan Mainstream is support entrepreneurs, whether you are one, aspiring to be one, have been an entrepreneur, and now you're becoming a vegan entrepreneur. What we try to do is give people the tools, the support, the advice 
and really an environment or community to be able to come to so that they can navigate the ups and downs of running a business and also doing something in this vegan movement. Because for many of us, you know, we're trailblazers, you know, we're starting the only vegan restaurant in our city, or, you know, (laughs) this is the first time we started a coaching business and we're trying to help people transition. You know, we're creating all this support for our community. And what we try to do is play a, a, a small or maybe large in some cases role in helping that movement move forward through um, inspiring people to be entrepreneurs and to build um, a business community to help move the movement forward. Yeah, that's amazing. That's awesome. What are some of the, uh, like, you know, you've worked with a lot of people and a lot of businesses. What are some of the biggest challenges you've you've seen, you know, being an entrepreneur's facing and, and sort of how, what do you guys do to like help them get past them? Absolutely. And I would probably say a lot of what we do is a lot of business coaching, a lot of just walking people through that process and helping them establish that infrastructure. We also do some marketing services and all that good stuff, but our goal is to help people really understand their roadmap. When you start a business, often you have so much you know, passion, so much desire to get started. And many people are like experts in their field. They know how to do what they do well. They're amazing at fashion, or maybe they create vegan skincare products, or maybe they're a fitness coach. But the business side is not as natural. It's something that, you know, they're learning and they're willing to learn, but they need support on how to decide priorities, on how to decide what social media platform I should be on, Or in some cases, what they're trying to do is, you know, build for that next new product, new service, or expand. And as they're at those crossroads, they often will kind of reach out to someone like me to help them through that process. And that's really the key is us trying to help people who are saying, okay, I want to be able to expand to a new market. How do I do that, Stephanie? Or someone saying, okay, I've done a lot of offline marketing or I've done a lot of word of mouth marketing, but now I want to do like funnels. I've been reading marketing books. I've been mm-hmm. all over YouTube. How do I set those things up that tend to be a little bit more complex? Um, and sometimes it's helpful to have someone along the along the kind of in, in the car with you is another way to say it. Yeah. And then the other side of it is just thinking about it from a vegan perspective. You know, there's all different ways to run our businesses. There's all different ways to set our priorities. Mm -hmm. And what we try to do, especially with me being a vegan myself and that extension flowing through my team, what we try to keep in mind is how do we do that in a way that helps the movement? How do we do that in a way that's aligned with our ethics and our goals and not just aligned with the bottom line? Mm -hmm. And therefore, when we make decisions, when we decide what ingredients we're going to use, or when we decide how we're going to source things or what partners to work with, we try to make sure that we help people do it in a way that kind of fits with the overall brand identity and with their goals. And I think that's one of those things that can be hard sometimes if you don't have someone that understands the movement and understands why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a business coach will send you in a different direction that could conflict with what your ultimate goals are. It's mm. awesome. really good. Um, <clears throat> often, um, kind of, um, a lot of times when we bring people on or even entrepreneurs themselves, you know, like in my case, we have values that maybe, um, uh, could shed light on a different type of personality that we have that may not necessarily align with the fundamental vegan values. And how do we get that? 
not so optimal uh, personality trait. How do we put it in perspective so that it does not take away from that vegan, you know, uh, values, you know, the values of compassion, of making sure that we're not harming and hurting people or animals. How do we get that so that maybe that hard core, hard shell that we have, um, the harder, not so, um, um, you know, values that don't have as much decorum as we may want to have in that, that we think we should have in business. How do we work with that? Uh, and what responsibility do we have as entrepreneurs to make sure that we don't show that? Or, or what do we do with it? Hmm. Absolutely. Um, so I got a couple thoughts on that. Number one, I really think it's so important for many of us to write down why we're doing what we're doing. Because the reason sometimes we either veer off the path or we take on traits that are maybe even not our own traits, but we see other people doing it. So we assume to get ahead, to be successful, we have to take that on mm -hmm. um, is just because, you know, day to day information ads, all the things that are coming at us mm -hmm. are sometimes shaping us and we don't realize how much they're shaping us. Mm -hmm. And when I find if you write down what your core values of your business what are your goals and why you do that? And keep that on a very short, tight sheet of paper, whether it's something you even just tape on your desk. So it's a reminder, mm -hmm. whether it's an even quick post-it note, because maybe you only need something short and sweet and say, I do this because, and then you put it on a post-it note and even put it on the corner of your monitor um, or you have a whiteboard or anything like that. Some people even frame it. I think that's so important because it's not just, losing that compassion, mm. what happens sometimes is we lose ourselves a little bit. We mm. lose our core because we are often aspiring for something. And when you're aspiring, sometimes that, that path that you take, you know, you just take a right when you should make, take it a left. Mm. <laughs> so I do think it's so important to have that reminder, even if it's very short, like I said, I do this because, because sometimes you're going to have bad days. Sometimes you're going to have frustrating days. And that note, if you can just like look at it out the corner of your eye, can help you through that day and may help you get back on the path. The other thing I would say is surround yourself with people who have a similar vision. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't mean it has to be like super, super formal and it's like people you meet with all the time and all that, but build a network. I tell a lot of people who start businesses to you know create a sounding board. And whether that's like two or three people, that's kind of like in your network that you can bounce ideas off of. That's kind of a group of individuals that you can call that if you come up with the crazy wild idea, they'll tell you the truth. They'll tell you, <laughs> good idea, but I don't know if that's really right for you. Mm, you know, and good. that having someone who can give you a little bit of that check and maybe even checkmate <laughs> at times can help you stay on course. I think is really key. Um, and then also, I think sometimes what we struggle with is just loving ourselves and loving the incompleteness of who we are. Like we see ourselves in businesses, like I got to be the leader and the entrepreneur. I have to have all the answers, you know, my team, my employees, my staff, my customers, my clients, everybody's looking at me. So we build this hard shell to protect ourselves mm -hmm. or we build this environment to kind of keep us on this pedestal. 
And the reality mm. is we're all part of the same community. We're all here to drive such amazing things to happen in our communities, to help the world be a better place, to help with the environment, to save animals. And therefore, you don't have to be on that pedestal for protection. Mm. You have to feel comfortable to just kind of hang out with everyone with our flaws, with our mistakes, with our oopses, and know that you're doing more good in the world mm -hmm. and that good in the world matters more than the oopses and the mistakes and the oopses and mistakes are what make us all strong. You know, it's kind of yeah. like as a kid, you got to stand up and fall a couple of times before you start walking. <laughs> yeah, Same thing as an entrepreneur. You got to do this and be like, oh, I should do that definitely. Oh, I could have done that better. And I think yeah. being comfortable and compassionate with ourselves is so key because sometimes we want the world to have compassion and then we're a little bit like subconsciously mean to ourselves. And yeah. I think it's so important that we we extend that compassion to ourselves, our businesses, our learning process, um, and stay true to who we are and how we can truly help the world. It's awesome. Wow, it's really great. I, it's so true. I feel like the, um, you know, we're like in a media-driven world. And I think that a lot of the things that we see you know, about people who are entrepreneurs or business owners are, you know, it makes, it makes you believe that they are, you know, untouchable, like, no, you know, they're, they're mm -hmm. the ones on top. They should be, you know, shouldering all of the risks. I mean, which they will be, but like, they, they have to have this hard shell around them, you know? And I think that what you're saying is really great because I think, you know, if you, if you really care about the thing that you're going after you're pursuing, you know, and the people around you really care about the thing you're pursuing and going after just being with them to, w during all the mistakes, the oopses and the, and the falling down, uh, will, will I, I probably even just make the team stronger because, you know, you're, you're, you're growing together, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that's something that, you know, in, in like, you know, thinking about, these uh these people these ceos you know that you see on tv or whatever you're like oh well these these people are are uh <laughs> infallible like they they don't they don't make mistakes you know and and if they do make mistakes it's like you know they get the axe immediately and so like we have to feel it we feel like we have to be perfect all the time which you know uh is probably unfair like you said just be a little bit more compassionate with yourself you know especially because we are you know <laughs> essentially you know being vegan is is you know having compassion for everyone and, and all things and then i think you're right we absolutely skip over ourselves when we uh in in this journey i think we skip over ourselves i mean at least i do i don't yeah one of the things I'm so, else. yeah one of the things that i liked about what you said is I mean, and I can tell also just by just by observing you and hear you speak that something you're so grounded in who you are. And that is so like awesome to me, you know, like because a lot of times, you know, I I have this um, this personality that I have to have on when I'm with that other person, you know, that sometimes it makes it difficult to say exactly what we mean to say, I don't think it's right. We should do this to animals. Oh, I don't think it's, we should do this. Right. And it makes me want to hold back. And how do you stay grounded in who you are as a person 
and then be able to still say those things that you need to say? Well, to say some of the things that need to be said, sometimes it does take a little bit of courage. It takes a little bit of a leap of faith. Um, because not everyone will receive the message well. Sometimes people just misunderstand. Um, that happens often when you see clips, you know, when you look at kind of like the headlines. Um, sometimes things are taken out of context. Um, and then also, unfortunately, we do live in a world where we have people where their main job is to go around and just critique people. Um, and critique them for silliness, you know, critique them for their hair, critique them for their standing <laughs> and, you know what I mean, their eye size and just very yeah, odd yeah. things. Yeah. And they can kind of really kind of pick away um, at an, an individual. So I think the idea is that we have to, it almost goes back to that vision, that go golden honing in on the idea that you have to remember the purpose or the reason why you're doing what you're doing. And if you mm. remember that, yes, there may be a little bit of anxiety at times. Maybe there's going to be a moment where you're like, eh, is this the right message to the right group? Mm-hmm. But the only way to get better at what you do is to often do it. It does take practice. It doesn't take perfection to get there. It really takes practice to get better at delivering these messages, better at how you say it, how you say it to different groups. Mm-hmm. So you have to be willing to get on that journey. It's kind of like right. first time becoming a vegan. You have to get on that journey and realize that, like, I'm going to make a couple of dishes that aren't going to taste so good. (laughs) I'm going to make my first vegan cake. And, you know, only my mother and my brother and my sister are going to eat it. (laughs) You know, that kind of thing where it's okay because that's where we all start. But we forget as we get older, as we, you know what I mean, as we become adults, we think that we you know, we've, we've made it to the finish line. And the reality Mm -hmm. is we're still on that journey, whether Mm -hmm. it's an entrepreneurial journey, whether it's our vegan journey, whether our same thing of even like as vegans, we kind of get to this like perfectionist stage where like everything we do has to be vegan, everything we touch, Mm -hmm. you know, and it has to happen now. Mm -hmm. And the idea is it doesn't have to happen now. You have to just be consistently on that journey so you can Mm -hmm. be the person that you want to be so that your veganism can shine And eventually it just shines because it is who you are. You don't have to go through a 20 point checklist on a daily basis to say, am I vegan enough? Mm -hmm. So I think it's just kind of getting used to that idea of communicating, getting used to and being comfortable with communicating and trying different messaging and understanding sometimes you might get a little pushback Mm -hmm. and that's okay because it'll make you better at speaking. It'll make you better at, you know, handling questions um, and just start in maybe comfortable environments, you know, start in semi-tense environments. Mm-hmm. You know, you may not want to go get on the ranchers podcast first <laughs> to have that discussion, you know, start with a vegan podcast. If you're trying to get your message across, you feel mm-hmm. more comfortable mm-hmm. and then yes. work your way up to groups <laughs> that are a little bit further away from your core <laughs> messaging and want to give you a hug work your way out. So then, you know, over six months, over however however many months, you build your ability to speak, to talk, and to recognize what audience can hear what message at what time. Yes. Thank you. That's really cool. Um, How do you see uh, sort of the vegan business movement evolving in the next couple of years? And and sort of what, what is... What do you feel like your role is going to be in that? Well, 
if I had a crystal ball and if I knew everything that was going on, <laughs> I would guess that would see more kind of integration of vegan businesses. I think mm. one of our challenges is when vegan businesses um, kind of have been kind of coming on the scenes, a lot of it has been in the food industry. Now, rightfully right. so, because that helps us directly save and impact animals. But I think we have to keep challenging the movement and challenging entrepreneurs mm. to spread out our kind of depth, allow yeah. us to have businesses across all industries and multiple industries, mm. because for us to impact climate change, for us to impact and create an environment where people are more compassionate, what we have to do is make sure that in all the little nooks and crannies and all the mm. different places in supply chain, supply chains and mm. multiple industries, people feel it. They see and have someone there who is vegan, someone's at the mm. table who's vegan, mm. who's speaking from this perspective. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be a food-based business. You know, having someone in the room that talks about accounting from a vegan perspective, that talks mm. about how you develop a bottom line why and how you actually make decisions on your budget and your finances when you have a ethical driven business mm. versus a business that's maybe driven by their shareholders. Yeah. Different, yeah. different purpose. Um, so helping people kind of see us in all these different places. Plus mm. what gets me excited about it. And I don't know, maybe it's just me. So hopefully everyone who's listening get excited too is it creates more space for all of us to participate in the movement. Yes. Meaning if we're not great chefs, if we're not like innovators <laughs> or a person who's like, you know, that in that space, yeah. we don't have to fit into there. We can literally bring what we do well. If you're a great mm. public speaker, mm. then you have a role. You know, if you're That's a writer, right. you have a role. If you're a vegan That's hairdresser, right. you have a role. Um, because a lot of the products that we use- right you know, often will come as byproducts. Um, so by being a hairdresser, teaching people how to choose healthier, natural products um, so that inside and out, we can be not only vegan, but really take care of ourselves is mm -hmm. huge. And I think that awesome. can be a game changer. Um, I think more and more people going into service-based businesses, I'm very, a very big advocate of that because it allows people to start businesses quickly. Um, you know, as you probably know from the restaurant business, even from manufacturing business, there's a lot of capital that's required. Yes. And therefore, people have to put a lot on the line to make that decision. And it can be hard. Like if you have a young family, you just got married, just bought a house, you know, all these things that happen. Maybe you're taking care of a parent or a grandparent. It can be hard to make that commitment. Mm. So starting with a service-based business helps you because you can still be active, but maybe um you don't have to have that huge financial investment. So I just hope a lot of people see that the movement is for them. There's a space for it. Um, and there's a space for, um, you know, not only starting these businesses, but helping employ more vegans mm -hmm. as well. Because employing more vegans, giving them a space where they can live out their careers and do it in an ethical way just creates this cool like ecosystem mm -hmm. um, for the movement. And I really hope that that's really kind of um, in our future. Mm. Thank you. That's really great. Uh, you know, it's, it's fascinating uh, because for example, like in our restaurant, we don't have any negative messaging, you know, because I, I 
sometimes you can go to a restaurant, a vegan restaurant, and you see, you know, things that really um, can be um, off-putting for for somebody who is coming in for the first time to, yeah, let me give them a look, you know. Um, so we don't have that. But I also see that um, by holding that type of um, a value or space where there's no negative messaging, it could also be um, sort of um, not really saying what we should say at the right time, for example, no, no, because we're, we're not providing the message maybe that somebody needs to hear about something that may not be right that's happening in the community or in the world, you know, to animals or the environment and so on. And so by not having, how do you, how do you handle that message without coming across as though we are trying to uh, be confrontational, you know, um, to, our, to our fellow human beings, our brothers and sisters and friends and community members. Well, two things I would say is I don't think we all have to carry all aspects of the message, meaning <laughs> everyone's got to like, you know, have this perfect balance between positive and negative or do you know what I mean? We do this and we do this. I think that's what's the beauty of us being more of a movement mm. than just us as individuals moving things forward is that some people have amazing style and they can deliver a very difficult message and it's so digestible. When they say it, you're not offended. You're like, oh, okay, let me think about that. And they have that skill. And I want to let those people do that as opposed to someone who's bubbly and, do you know what I mean? They just really want to bring sunshine everywhere into the world. I don't want to make them bend to having mm. to deliver that kind of message. Mm. I want them to bring that sunshine in because the reality is everyone needs different messaging at different times. You know, sometimes we need a little bit of sternness. Sometimes we need a little, we need a hug. Mm. And I think we have to not always think that we all have to deliver the hard message or slam down the hammer <laughs> um, to make it all work because we are trying to move millions and billions of people forward. And if that's the case, you know, some of us just respond more positively um, towards positive messages. Some of us need more neutral messages, you know, that messages that aren't so emotionally charged, but are the facts or are the stats. And mm -hmm. some of us need that push to say, hey, do you realize the negative impact of the decisions you're making? So I, I really feel like we should give all of us a little bit of space to express our messaging in the way that works for us, that makes it natural. And so we can be consistent with that message mm -hmm. because I think that consistency is what can really drive change. And then partner with somebody, bring somebody on your podcast that has that voice and loves the bullhorn and can go, rawr, rawr, rawr. let <laughs> them true. do it and do it well <laughs> um, so that you don't have to step into other shoes or like we talked about earlier. Yeah, we yeah. don't have to try to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, we allow somebody else to shine and shine in front of our audience and, and let that happen. That's so awesome. Because I, because I, I'm, I'm that person I th and I think it's probably coming from my mother because she was such a positive and such a gentle gracious person and I I I feel that so it it feels I feel this sense of um not having to be everything to everybody just do me and it works because I'm part of a bigger movement I'm just I'm not all by myself and it's so good to know that you know 
I'm here with you and, and with DJ and we are all together in doing this. It, it doesn't have to fall on one person. That's so good. Yeah, so important. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, I like that messaging as well. I mean, I think another thing too is that, he, you know, <clears throat> I feel like because, you know, with the restaurant, at least it's like, we've always sort of had that, the, the, the messaging of, you know, making sure that nothing is sort of like harmful or like, you know, you we're, we've had this messaging for a long time, but, you know, you see examples of other people doing it, other people, you know, doing, you know, like different, just different types of, not that is bad or good or whatever, it's just different types or different styles of messaging. And, and you see them getting a response, you know, from people. And, uh, and I think it's really good what you said about just being consistent and being, right. you can be that person, you can be the, the, the company that speaks this way. And, and then also just giving, you know, a little bit of space to other people that you, that you like, and you think are doing it well, or just onto our platform to then speak the way that they like, you know, they, that they enjoy. And that's very good. It's very powerful to not have to feel like you need to be everyone for every, everything for everyone. So that's, that's really good. Yeah, I like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And being in a restaurant, what I think is very interesting about that is, you know, this is often a stage in someone's maybe journey where they're mm. trying, they're testing, you know, right. they've come in to kind of, you know, maybe get started. And, you know, I think sometimes we mix up the idea that when people need what messaging along that journey, mm -hmm. you know, when someone's trying to start sometimes you don't want to scream in their ear because they're nervous, they're unsure and so forth. So, you know, if they're met with a little too much, they might step back. Mm -hmm. But if they were met with that a little bit further along in their journey, it might've been the perfect time for that message. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's timing. Sometimes it's not that we have to be all things at one time. It's that we have to allow people through their journey to get the friendly, hey, welcome, come on in kind of messaging, then get the messaging that says, hey, this is something you should get started. Give it a try. We'll support you. And then sometimes people need the message to say, okay, it's time to make the leap. Let's <laughs> let's go vegan. Let's get your t-shirt. <laughs> you know, let's, let's do this, you know, or someone's like, oh, I'm not sure. And then maybe they need that messaging that says, hey, this is the health messaging you need to understand because this is serious. This is something where you want to stop some of this generational tragedies that we're having where people are getting sick. People are passing down very reversible diseases in our families. You know, maybe they need to hear the messaging about what's happening. They're all about the environment, but they're not realizing how much water and also feed is used That's in right. the animal agriculture. So they need that hard message, but they didn't need it on day one. <laughs> it on, you know, or even like T minus zero, yeah. as they say, yes. they really needed it later on in the journey. And we have to make sure that there is messaging and support so that people can make that transition. Because many of us who are vegan right now, you know, we weren't born vegan. Many mm -hmm. of us right. started somewhere else. <laughs> so we have to give people the grace to walk that journey, just like we were able to walk it as well. Mm. That's awesome. You know, it's interesting because um, we, um, because of the way we 
we don't really have any negative message in the restaurant. I guess it was sort of the uh, the the reason why we decided to have this wing of our business, which is the information or the educational business, because then we can bring experts in who can actually really talk about this. You know, that way we don't have to have that obligation to do so. Um, and I've been quite restless for the last six years. So when are we going to start this? You know, because because I can see that we're just sort of there, you know, and we're not really sharing the information. Now, people do come to our restaurants and they love the food and so on. But I think not really talking about that message, not knowing, oh, how did we come about this? You know, uh, often people think it's just delicious food. It's vegan. Oh, and they walk away. There's there's no education or no information given. And I think uh, being able to know how to bring experts in in this format, for example, so that they can then learn more is really helpful. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. And what a lot of people do is they also do events. Like if they do have a location like yourself, uh, mm-hmm. they may do like little meetups. You know, they may host events at their locations so that people already are coming to you for food. Mm-hmm. But would they come for a lunch and talk? Uh, you know, would they come for other activities? And maybe they're even hosted by people you can partner with. Um, Because, you know, we got to share all the expenses and all that good stuff because we want to make sure everything's financially viable. Mm -hmm. But um, setting that up and having that environment can be great. And then therefore you can bring in a vegan doctor one -hmm. week. You know, you can bring in someone who is a let's say a nutritionist another another week or a um, registered dietitian, if you want to take that route, then you can mm-hmm. bring in someone, like I said before, on the environmental side. And therefore you can start to incorporate it in a way that it's the right space for it. It doesn't mm. have to be, you know, here's your dinner and here's a pamphlet <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can say, hey, we have events and educational, we do fun. And also there should be a fun element to it. Right. You know, we're, we're trying to kind of live here as a lifestyle and as a lifestyle, it's, we want it to be fully welcoming. We don't want it to only be, you know, being a vegan is more about the messaging and getting it across and, you know, we got to get on these podiums and talk. Yeah. We want to, we want people to feel like they're part of a community and that being vegan is a part of their life. It's not like, okay, I'm vegan here. And then I'm Stephanie over here. Mm-hmm. The idea is that I'm all one thing, you know, I'm all wrapped in, you know, I'm vegan, mm-hmm. you know, I'm black, I'm from Philly, like all these dimensions right. and stuff exist in me mm-hmm. um, regardless. And the idea is you, everyone wants a space where they feel like they belong. And that also often means that you know, you may do game night, <laughs> you know, right. you may do other things. You may have a vegan comedian come in mm-hmm. um, like and that. things like that, that can be fun and light, but also allow people to not only hear the messaging, but experience what it's like to be a part of this lifestyle mm. so that they feel like it's a, it's a place to live, not mm. just a place to listen. Mm. That's really great. That's Really, really fascinating. You know, for the longest time, when I hear veganism, uh, I just thought it was about uh, talking about veganism and then making food. I, I just, I really thought those are the two domains. Of I, didn't, I didn't think that anything else existed around veganism. But to hear you and to say, you know, when we say lifestyle, in other words, all aspects of life, when did you 
get to that point where you say, wait a minute, if this is going to be a lifestyle, it has to encompass all types of businesses, you know, all services, you know, so we are really creating a community, a world community here. What, what, how did you get to that point where it clicked? Um, I think it's multiple things that probably happened to me. I mean, one of my big things is, you know, I kind of have a entrepreneur background. Like as a kid, my parents had businesses, so I, I kind of feel like it's in my blood. <laughs> but I also, you know, spent a good amount of time in corporate America. So working for like big corporations, flying around the world, you know what I mean? Doing all those things that like you you hear about in these like corporate jobs that have like, you know, VP titles and all those things. <laughs> you know, I had that chance to live that life too. And when I was at a crossroads to say, do I continue that corporate life or do I do something mm. different? I was at a place there where I understood that I wanted veganism to kind of pull through my life. Mm. But it was the first time when I thought about it from a career standpoint that I was like, I can't start a restaurant. I don't, mm. I, that's, I, I like to cook, but that's not, you know, I mean, that's not me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I'll, you know, and I realized that, you know, I want to be the one eating the food, not making the food. And I had to start to say, well, wait a minute, is there a place for me in the world? Is there a place for me to work? Can I do what I'm, I want to do? Will it, you know, will people be interested in it? And in the beginning, people were like, huh, I don't understand what you do. So, you know, it was hard in the beginning because I was like, it's vegan marketing and we're going to help businesses. Now, remember, I've been doing this for a lot of years. It's probably been at least 14 years. So, you know, it was before all the big brands that we see today. Most yeah. people were small, you know, local restaurants, local retail shops and everything. So it was a new time. But many people are going to feel that same thing when they have their next big idea that people are going to mm. be like, huh? How does that work? <laughs> and I bring that up because sometimes you have to decide. I think it can work. Like sometimes you yeah. gotta, mm. like, as they say, bet on yourself. And what I realized is, you know, I did marketing, I did business coaching. Like, this is what I'm really good at. Why mm. can't I bring it to the vegan world? Why can't I bring what I do and what I love to the world and to the movement? And is there a space for me? And I think that was one of those big aha moments for me to say that there's all types of space. There's all types of room. I don't mean it's going to be easy. I don't mean it's not going to be bumpy. And it doesn't mean you're not going to have to change because my business has drastically changed from what it was when I originally started. And it happens to most of us, but our original business and, <laughs> it, it moves. <laughs> and rightfully so. Yeah. Um, but I say that to say that, you know, being comfortable with that path and being comfortable with the idea that, you know, sometimes your aha moment may be a little bit of an uncomfortable space, mm -hmm. but you really can find yourself when you lean into the fact that there's a place for me in the world. Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of times our world sometimes squeezes individualism out. And when I say individualism out, maybe that's a bad way to say it, but you know, sometimes we we squeeze out the ability for us to just be ourselves as opposed to the poster version of ourselves. Mm. Um, and I think that's the challenge with like Instagram. Like you look on Instagram and people are like, you know, remote, remote working or 
working while I'm traveling and they're in these like huge <laughs> homes and, you know, pools and all these things. And you're like, what? <laughs> and it looks like that is the life we should lead, or it looks mm. like this is how entrepreneurs should work. Or even mm. from a veganism standpoint, sometimes, you know, when you look at the dishes that people are creating and like you take their recipe you make it at home. It never looks like it did on Instagram. <laughs> it tastes good, yeah, but it never looks like that. And you can internalize that as like a failure. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, you know, you're not into plating. You're not doing food photography. That person <laughs> is, or they have someone who doesn't. Mm-hmm. So therefore we don't have to live up to these odd standards sometimes. Mm-hmm. We really have to ground ourselves and realize that you know, when we're making that transition, when we're trying to find a space for ourselves, when we're trying to figure out what and how we're going to live these lifestyles, that, you know what I mean? It's not always going to look the way someone else is doing it. And mm-hmm. guess what? There's probably someone out there like you that would appreciate that as well. Mm-hmm. There's somebody out there who would appreciate not just the poster polished photoshopped (laughs) version of something but someone who would appreciate you know a very you know everyday living everyday experience um and allowing yourself to be you and be you in this space I think is it's just hard in general in life Mm. but I think it's so important to do that as well in the vegan world because we can also put ourselves in a box and then you know when frustration sets in you know, we we have a hard time staying in this lifestyle because we kind of boxed ourselves in. Yeah. It's so beautiful because what, we, what you're saying, it's like we have to create that space because it's there. We go, we got to go in and say, yeah, you know, there's space for um for vegan advertising or for vegan marketing or for vegan uh, social services, whatever it is. That's very interesting. You, I honestly, I just never thought we could have such a global community mm. <laughs> you know that's amazing you know I'm, I'm i'm excited about that but even more so excited that i don't have to be what i'm not <laughs> yeah that's very good <laughs> because that's the part that i'm not willing to compromise that part yeah yeah, yeah so absolutely absolutely i have a question so how do you how do you balance, like, you know, because you kind of mentioned a little bit before, but how do you balance, you know, sort sort of your 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 personal values, you know, as being a vegan, uh, with sort of the need to be need to run a sort of a successful business, um, and in all the challenges that happen in that, you know, um, and, and with with keeping, you know, those values in mind. Yeah. Some of it is also coming up with a good routine. Mm. Um, And I would say two things. I really am a big advocate of having like a morning regimen. And what do you do to kind of set up your day? Um, Mm. Because this can happen inside or outside of the entrepreneurial world. But often when you just kind of wake up and just see what comes at you, you start looking at email or you start Mm. looking at social media or you read the newspaper or whatever your kind of thing is that isn't necessarily designed to set up a good day, Mm. you know, what you read, what you receive, what you see, you become reactionary. 
in the yeah. beginning of the day, you have now set a certain kind of mode or tempo. Mm-hmm. And what I find is if you can control that tempo, if you can actually say, okay, before I get the emails or before whatever those things that can trigger you, then we all have to know what those things are. Yeah. Figure out what you need. Do you need to take a 20 minute walk in the beginning of the morning? Mm-hmm. Um, do you, are you a person that works out? Um, and that thing may change. That's the other thing I found is, you know, I'll do one thing. And then all of a sudden, six months later, I'm like, I don't know, that doesn't work anymore for mm, me. Yeah. <laughs> I have to do something new and something mm, different. Yeah. And I think allowing yourself that space to grow. Mm. Um, I do some a really basic thing in the morning that probably sounds so small, but it helps me a ton is that I've been trying to, I do these like yogurt bowls, my niece, um, got me into them, you know, where you have some vegan yogurt and you have like some granola and some fruit and some chia seeds, mm. maybe a little coconut, all that good stuff <laughs> in it. But the biggest thing about it is having it and walking away from my desk. Like I used to eat mm. at my desk, do everything at my desk. <clears throat> and now what I try to do is when I have that bowl, either I sit outside in our little patio, which is quiet, it's just green behind our house. So it's not really anything going on, but I kind of dig it because it's, yeah very relaxing. It gives me a moment in time that's just in the environment. And if I can't sit outside, I just sit by the window and look outside and just having that space and time to just relax, to just be grounded in myself um, helps. Now, Mm -hmm. does it mean I do it every day? I mess up. I miss a day. I grab my phone and see all those notifications and be like, oh my goodness, it happens to me. So then what I do is I find a way for me to get grounded again. If I do get off the rails or I forget to do my morning regimen because something happened. And I love, I recently sent an email out to my list where I'm like, I love music. Hmm. Um, I wish one day I could truly be musically inclined. Um, but um, my poor husband suffers that. But <laughs> besides <laughs> that, I love, love, love music. And music's one of those <clears throat> things that helps me change my mood and shape mm. my mood. So I sent an email to um, folks and I talked about how I like to listen to live concerts at times and I like short ones. You know, I don't have an hour of time to do it. <laughs> so I'll go to YouTube or I love like NPR's Tiny Desk. That's one of my favorite things. And you can like discover a new artist. You can discover totally different maybe type of music that you're used to, or you may hear an acoustic version of something that you like. And what I found is that's been a really big help for me to ground myself when I have a frustrating mm. day or things don't go the way I want. And so I don't carry that frustration forward because I think that's what happens. We kind of like put our frustration on like a little backpack and then we just <laughs> keep it going. So the next person gets a little piece of that and another person gets another piece of it. And it, you know, it doesn't feel like we're really spreading it and sharing it, yeah. <laughs> but why not come up with some things that help you? Some people I know do yoga in the middle of the day. Um, I've been even playing around with doing some like breath work, which mm. I don't understand why it works so well, but it works so well for me wow, <laughs> to great. take three that's minutes awesome. and breathe. <laughs> like I'm that's not awesome. already breathing, but it works. Yeah. And I think finding some of those things and spending time finding what can help you break up a bad day, shift your mood, or reground yourself can really help because um, you know you can find yourself frustrated or you know in these kind of odd moods but sometimes you don't remember how you got there you know like Mm -hmm. it's accumulation of like a whole week so by like Friday 
you're somewhere totally different than you were <laughs> on Monday. And if you have done something to help you along the mm. way, um, I think it's really important. And I think it's important in business. I think it's very important as activists out there. For many of us, we get very passionate about what the work that we're doing. And I really think it's even important in just everyday life. You know, there's a lot of people that rely on a lot of us. Um, there's just things that happen in the world that sometimes you can't control. And what you can control is your reaction to it. So having something that can help you um, navigate through it, I think is key. And that's what I try to do. Wow, that's really great. You know, it's also interesting because uh, they often talk about uh, the failure rate of businesses, you know, when we start businesses. And is there anything that we can do in the in the vegan world that may be different than what is done you know, in the in the general common uh, environmental business, that maybe would help us to remain more viable, to sustain us longer. And so, because I think there's a lot at stake for a lot of other be- vegans that may need work or need space to be. So it's almost incumbent on entrepreneurs to really start different businesses so that there's more spaces. What can entrepreneurs do to have a better success rate than the general population? So I got a couple of ideas on that. One of them is just a little bit on the vegan side, something that we can do so vegan businesses are more successful. And then to have a greater success rate on the other um, side, you know, it's maybe not, you know, vegan businesses versus non-vegan businesses. I'd probably say a lot of that has to uh, has to do with understanding your measure of success. Mm. I think for some of us, we let the external world decide what that business <laughs> of success is. Um, and for some of us, our success is not always grounded in time. You know, we look at mm. someone else who's five years ahead of us, 10 years ahead of us, and we're like, I want that now. <laughs> and while you know it's good to be aspirational yes if it took someone else 10 years to do it it'd be great for you to do it in less time but it doesn't mean it's going to take 10 minutes for you to do it <laughs> and I think what we have to really kind of understand is making sure that when we understand what we're trying to do that we set a year a 12-month goal 24-month goal and the five-year and three three to five-year goal. You yeah. often hear people talk about that three to five-year goal, but I often don't hear people talk about, where do you want to be just 12 months from now? Because mm. I can see that much better than I can see, you know, Stephanie five years older. <laughs> right. You know, we can see what July looks like. I can see what December looks like. You know, you can see it because it, it, it feels a little bit closer to you. And as vegan businesses, for many of us, we have something that ground that kind of grounds our business mm-hmm. beyond the financial goal. So what makes us kind of have a little bit of an advantage out there is because we have other metrics to either aspire to mm-hmm. or other things that we want to impact. What happens is we can stay on path. We mm-hmm. can stay on on target, maybe it's a better way to say it. Mm-hmm. We have the ability to really see a bigger picture and a bigger goal. And I think often what can happen with a lot of business owners is they start to get tunnel vision. They start to either, <laughs> as I say, believe their own hype, you know, they 
you know, they find ideas and do things without customer <laughs> interaction, without community mm -hmm. feedback, and they start to kind of go on this, you know, founder's path or <laughs> on this, you know, path where they're like, I have an idea, it's got to be the best idea in the world, or the <laughs> idea of no one's ever thought of an idea kind of in the world. And they lose touch. And I think as vegans, the more and more, especially as vegan owners, that we ground ourselves in that community aspect, mm -hmm. we can go further. We can be more successful and be more sustainable. But the flip side of that, I think where sometimes we struggle as vegan businesses is we forget that the financials are still important. Yes, we don't want to be only driven by the bottom line, but we can't ignore the numbers. Mm -hmm. We can't just run a business completely on passion. We have to know what our numbers are. We have to know what our expenses are. We have to understand what profit is. We have to understand, you know, what those numbers are and what they mean. Because yes, it feels good to want to be able to give it all away for free. But the reality is um, we all have light bills and mortgages and rent and, you know, things we have to pay for and things we have to cover or paybacks, student loans or whatever it is. And you will need that that income to pay for those things. And why not have that income come from your business? Right. Why not come from or working for a vegan business instead of what many of us have to do is we have to go work for somebody else that mm -hmm. isn't aligned with our ethics to be able to pay for those things. So right. helping people really value a, success, a financially successful business in the vegan world, mm -hmm. I think is so important because we have to understand that success can yield greater success and movement. That success means you can employ more people. That success means you can sponsor, I don't know, Little League and all the shirts say vegan on them. Do you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> and all the meals can be vegan that are donated. Like you can do more, or maybe you want to donate to your favorite animal rights organization. By having a successful business, we can kind of build this vegan economy and mm. put money in the places that are helping the world, that are helping animals, that are helping the movement. And we can put that money in from the effort that we put into our businesses and the success it yields. So mm. sometimes I like to just remind people that mm. that is a good thing. Um, it isn't a bad thing to be successful, to have a profit. Mm. And there's a big difference between, you know, having excess and opulence <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> Versus running a business that's at a deficit and it doesn't have enough money to sustain itself, mm -hmm. there's a middle road. You can have a right. successful, financially um, viable, sustainable business um, without the greed, without all those other things, because now you've enabled yourself to help the movement move forward. Mm. Thank you. That's really good. Yeah. The the thing that comes to mind is, you know, I've just heard the saying before of, you know, you can't really like, until you fill up your cup, you can't like be filling up other people's cups. And I think that, you know, I feel like this, this metaphor plays in this, in this as well, because, you know, if you, if you haven't, you know, done all the, the due diligence, the, you know, paying attention to the numbers, having a successful business, you know, then you, you can't help anybody else out, you know, and then, and then also still have a business too, without, you know, being the cup being empty. So, um, that's really, that's really great. Uh, how, how do you, so how do you feel? So there's, I feel like there's a lot of, you know, vegan businesses who have, they face challenges really, you know, 
when it comes to like scaling, uh, scaling up and then also competing with larger businesses that are like non-vegan, you know, like maybe doing the exact same thing. Like, how do you, how do you feel like you, how would you sort of help those entrepreneurs who are like, you know, it doesn't have to be food. It could be, you know, like a vegan, you know, uh, clothing company or you know vegan you know insurance you know i don't know if that is a thing but if that is a thing that's cool (laughs) okay so like how do you how do you how do people have who have the vegan companies sort of like compete with the ones who don't well there's a couple of different things i would say um one of them not everyone loves that i say this but i do believe it's so true is that to be impactful as a vegan business, you don't have to be huge. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. often we think we have to be big. Mm. So therefore we look at other big businesses and try to be a big business as opposed to being a very solid business, consistent business, Mm. strong business and long lasting business. Mm. Those things are key because even like we talked about the previous question, there's a lot of businesses that come and go. Mm-hmm. And they try to kind of expand too fast, or it wasn't necessary for them to be, you know, kind of the cover of the magazine kind of business. <laughs> you can have really very successful businesses that are local businesses, mm-hmm. that are businesses that have been around and, you know, they have the shirts like doing this since, da, 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 you know, this date or that date. <laughs> right. You know, it's an amazing thing to do. And also it helps create generational wealth. Like being able to pass that down to other generations, to be able to have a business that can be long, have that longevity, I think is a huge thing that I think sometimes we can forget when we're just putting our eyes on how do we become big. Um, I really think there's power in being a strong, small business. Mm. And I also think there's power in that because, you know, when you read a lot of people's stories, that there's sometimes a sacrifice for being big. And that Mm. does mean less time with our families. Sometimes it means less time with our loved ones, less time that we can do in the work that we can do in the community. So Mm. I do think there's value in having a business that may be more moderate or medium or schmedium, whatever Mm. word you want to use (laughs) out there that allows you to do the things that also matter so you can be in other people's lives. Um, so I do think there's so much value in that and people have very, very successful businesses that, that do that. Um, now when it comes to scaling where I think people make a lot of uh, mistakes or struggle and what we try to help them with is understanding when something is ready to be scaled. Mm -hmm. Often scaling does not mean you have a big idea or I'm going to do something totally different. Scaling often means taking something that's successful and then you scale it. So what happens is you already have the tools in place to do what you're doing well. And then what you're trying to do is say, if I turn on the faucet in a sense, if more throughput came through, can I maintain that same service Uh level? Can I maintain that same quality level? Hmm. Am I able to withstand the, you know, the struggle of success, because we all talk about like the struggle of like not having customers, not having money, but it's a struggle. Like if, you know, people show up and say at your restaurant and there's a line around the block, 
that's stressful. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a great thing, but it can be very stressful. Yeah. So, you know, being able to say, what am I doing that's doing well? And how do I expand upon that? And sometimes it's the service or product that you're offering. Mm-hmm. So looking for the um, adjacent product or service. You know, so if you're a coaching business, as an example, and you've done a lot of coaching, say you're a fitness coach, as an example, what you may do from a scaling standpoint is you may take your core coaching program or platform and expand it or turn it into a membership site. You know, if we're thinking about it from a restaurant standpoint, you may actually look at some of your hot ticket items some items that are very popular, and then you may do special menus that allow you to take something that you know works well, you already have the ingredients on hand, mm-hmm. so you're not bringing in a whole new process, and you may do some specials or maybe only do specials on slow nights. So you're not doing specials on Saturday night and Friday night where it's crazy busy. Right. <laughs> you're doing it strategically to be able to say, can I expand my menu? Can I be able to expand my offering? Mm-hmm. And I'm scaling it in a way step-by-step step. instead of saying, I wanna be here and I'm gonna implement 20 new things on my menu. <laughs> or I want to be here and I'm going to do, you know, 20 dresses in 20 different colors, you know, yeah. if you're doing vegan, you know, clothing or fashion, mm-hmm. or if you're an interior designer, as an example, the question would be, what do you do well? Do you have a sweet spot as a vegan interior designer where you help people, you know, with remodeling, if you remodeling kitchens, mm-hmm. if you're having people remodel offices, whatever that place is a sweet spot, can you do more of that and help people either um, come up with a more concierge version of what you do? Mm-hmm. Or do you take what you do and you turn it into a course? Because mm-hmm. the course becomes scalable that an inter- interior designer maybe only be able to work with one person or five clients at a time. But if they can turn it into a course, mm-hmm. what they do and teach people a DIY version of it, now they can get hundreds of people to be able to bring in vegan products because interior design is notoriously not vegan friendly, a lot of the items that people use. (laughs) (laughs) So being able to help people through that process and having a course that they're scaling is offering a course that complements a one-on-one service. And I think sometimes we have to get unique about what we mean by scaling Mm -hmm. um, because I think it doesn't always mean bigger, bolder, you know, you know, hit the, put, hit the pedal so that you're just giving it more gas. <laughs> it's often taking something that works well and reshaping it in a way that either allows you to get scale because it creates greater access, reshaping it in a way so it allows you to test your way to more products or new services, mm. or coming up with a process that works and trying to figure out if I go into an adjacent market, if I go into an adjacent service, would that allow me to expand and be able to help more people? Mm. Do you, do you, so when you're, you know, assessing different companies, what, what is like, do you have like sort of certain criteria that you'd be like, all right, well, I think that you are not ready to scale yet, or I think that you (laughs) are ready to scale yet. And and sort of what is, what are the, some of those like boxes that you you check, you know, yeah. um, in order to like determine whether a person's ready or not? Yeah, um, there's probably, uh, let me maybe go with three things that I would assess. Now, I do let people know if they're not ready to scale mm-hmm. or they maybe don't have a clear vision yet. Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes people have a successful business, but they really aren't clear on what they want to do. So sometimes it's, it's asking people to articulate what are you trying to achieve and by when, mm. 
And what information um, are you using to help you come to that decision? And while some of us are always going to have that like gut feeling that like, okay, I can feel it. But we do have to match that up with some additional items as well. <laughs> because often when it comes with scaling, there's going to be other people along that journey with you to help you implement scaling. And they can't reach into your gut and get the feeling. <laughs> they mm, need something right. on paper. They need that content and context to understand why you're going where you are. So often I'll just ask people to walk me through it. And if they if I find that they don't have clarity on that yet, mm. then they just need to do a little bit more brainstorming. They really need to sit down and make sure they have clarity mm. of where they're going and how they want to scale. Mm. The other thing I like to look at is systems. Um, when it comes to running a successful business, when it comes to scaling a business, it means that can things happen without you, you know, at at every point of the process? You know, are you in the kitchen making the food, taking the order, <laughs> grabbing the dishes, cleaning the dishes? You know, like are you doing oh, it all? You, have you have you been to the restaurant to watch me or something? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But we all do that, you know what I mean? And some of us, we do it also because, you know, as either founders or the, you know, the original person that was kind of there at the beginning, we remember those times, you know, mm. and we had to be that person, you know, and it's time to be that person, but there's also a time to be able to let go and let somebody else jump in or make sure that the process is in place. Because if you can't take a day off, we can't take a half day off. And everything either crumbles or so many things are missed or it impacts ultimately your customer's experience, you may not be ready to scale because mm. what's happening is your business is either so dependent on you as the founder and you just haven't put the right structure in place mm. or what has happened is you just need more time to shore up and identify things like repeatable processes to identify what do you need to do from scratch and what are some of those things that with the right training, someone else can step in and do? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want to take away from expertise. There are things that either a founder can only do. And sometimes there are things that only a creative person can do, a writer can do. You know, I, I'm not an amazing writer. I like to get my <laughs> ideas out, but, you know, I need an editor. Yeah. <laughs> and recognizing that. I'm not trying to step into someone's shoes and I'm going to be like writing this beautiful piece. I'm the person for the ideas and someone else got a little polish on it to help <laughs> it be great. And kind of understanding that in your business and making sure that the right people can step in to move your vision forward is key for scaling. Because if you don't have a team or at least the support to scale, once you start to scale, Either you'll buckle under mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. the pressure of it all um, and the responsibility of it all, or your customers will be impacted. And it's so important that you understand that. And then the last thing, kind of playing off that customer side, is I always make sure people really understand who their customer is and who do they serve. Mm -hmm. And do they spend enough time with their customers and clients? Mm -hmm. Because they really should be the ones helping shape your your business. It should be a part of your vision, but it should be also a part of their vision. 
It should be a part of how they use your product or service. How do they enjoy it? What do they enjoy about it? And if you're not spending enough time either with them, if you're just at your desk all day processing paperwork, <laughs> what can happen is <laughs> you can lose that touch. You can lose that spark mm -hmm. that maybe you established when you were small. Mm -hmm. But when you start to scale, if you don't know how to be in touch, what'll happen is you'll scale the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. You'll scale the wrong product or you'll scale it and it was incorrect and you don't know where to go because we can't all be perfect. Everyone's going to scale something and be like, mm, that wasn't the best way to do it. But if you don't have a touch point with your customer base, mm -hmm. you won't know how to reshape it. And you'll either feel like you have to make a U-turn and go backwards, or you'll kind of sit in that like, ah, uh, you know, that like failure kind of zone and, and, and start to absorb that. And unfortunately, it's not really necessarily a failure. Mm -hmm. It's really just a missed opportunity where you really don't have a good pulse and understanding mm -hmm. for your customer and clients. And you maybe shut yourself off from them um, by accident. You know, it's not that everyone really like runs and hides. It's just that, you know, it's tax season, <laughs> you know, and when it's tax season, we get busy. And then yeah. what's the next thing, whether you're doing holiday yeah. orders, you know, you get busy or anything. It's the weekends and the weekends are busier and things like restaurants and so forth or whatever. All these things sometimes help us or keep us in a kind of running our business mode mm. and inside our business. And sometimes we get too internal that we lose touch and therefore we scale incorrectly or um, mm -hmm. or we aren't able to right the ship mm. when we make a wrong turn. Mm. Mm. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Great. It's, 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 it's great. Okay. It's really great. And, and it's just uh, it's just a clarity of thought that you bring to it. I really appreciate that a lot, you know, and and. Yeah. Um, and it, and I think one of the things also is, you know, for entrepreneurs is that we're so emotional about our business mm -hmm. that it does get in the way, <laughs> you know, uh, because it, it creates blinders, you know, like, um, <laughs> you know, and and um, sometimes it can block one from hearing the truth that one needs to hear in the moment. And so um, what would be some ways that you you can that that an entrepreneur maybe can you know encourage that type of a behavior where they're able to be more open um and not be attached in in a way that's kind of damaging to mm -hmm. their success yeah that one's a hard one because some of it is personal. It just depends on people's styles. It also sometimes has to do with their environment, their work environment. Um, sometimes it's just their stage in life. But what I often recommend and what I even try to do is bring things into my life that allow me to have that open perspective. I'm mm -hmm. a really big podcaster, um, meaning I love doing podcasts, but I also love listening to them. And the reason I like to listen to podcasts is it's a great way for me to get new ideas, to hear different perspectives, to hear people who may think of things differently. And also I can hear it in an environment where I may be shaking my head the whole time, like, mm -mm. I don't know if I agree <laughs> with that one, but I still heard it. Do you mm. see what I mean? Like I still yeah. 
thought about it and maybe I had to do a check between what I'm thinking and what they're thinking. Mm. And what I find is having those outlets, having creative places for you to discover new things, discover new things and not just business stuff. And this is really one of my like things I work really hard on because I have such a bad habit that like, I love business and marketing and you know what I mean? Like all this stuff is so like exciting for me, but I can get caught in that world. Like I can Mm. forget to come outside that world Mm. and just listen to, you know, poetry, just listen to, Mm. you know, things that are just Mm. different. Um, And one thing like I started to do when I was using like Clubhouse, when it became very popular, is I started using Clubhouse and people would have like a poetry session and I would just show up and listen to it. You know, it's not that, you know, it was, I needed like poetry night left necessarily, (laughs) (laughs) but what was nice about it is it allowed me to do something that was just creative, just hear someone else's creativity Mm. and be inspired and feel the awe of someone else's creativity. Because I think Mm. sometimes when you're a business owner, you get a little wrapped up into your own awe (laughs) and you forget that there are people that do some really cool and amazing things and they're even something you could never touch Mm. and it's beautiful to see other people's greatness to inspire you to keep moving forward and also to allow you to be open-minded so I would really say find creative outlets find creative activities I've also Mm. started to do um, I do this thing called game night it started Mm. during the kind of um during the pandemic, because we all weren't going out as much. So, you know, I pulled my whole family into it and <laughs> I started like looking for games and stuff like that. I mean, I have the traditional ones that we all do, um, like with your kids and things like that. Yeah. But I really started to get into it and find like completely different, like cooperative games where like everybody works together for a goal as opposed to, you know, competitive games or I have this one game where like it inspires like photosynthesis. So your goal is to like, go from a seed to a small tree, to a medium tree, to a large tree, and the sun is rotating around. (laughs) And do you know what I mean? So it's like, it has this environmental vibe to it and it's still a game, but it's Mm. the things that matter to me. So I'm bringing Mm. that in. And then even with my poor family who, they're not as big like board gamers as me. I was like, okay, so they could be off the hook. I started finding solo games. Mm -hmm. And what happened is my mind was craving you know, that marketing, that challenge, that perspective or strategy, but I needed to give myself a break. So I wasn't like closed off. And what I found is I just needed to play some solo games so that my mind was still engaged, Mm -hmm. but not engaged in my tight knit world, not engaged in just my own little kind of cave. And I didn't just go deeper and deeper and deeper. (laughs) I could actually do something that was fun, exciting, you know, challenging, but also still kind of fed me. And that really has made um, a really big difference um, for me. And, And I say that because... I also don't want people to listen today and be like, oh, she's got it all figured out. Like if you really listen, <laughs> you can hear that. I'm like, I did this at one point, then I did this. And then I did this. I did it step by step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured it out. I tried this. I tried mm-hmm. that. And I keep working to make sure that I'm finding that balance and I give myself you know, mm-hmm. space and time. Mm-hmm. I give myself that opportunity. And then I'm also not perfect in it. You know what I mean? Like I do interviews all the time. 
And sometimes I get nervous before an interview. Don't know why. <laughs> I do like, you know, I'll do like three in a day and maybe, or maybe I'll even do like six in a week. And like one of them, I'll get nervous. And instead of beating myself up, mm-hmm. I say, well, do your breath work and it'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> and I say, it's okay. So I don't yeah. want people to think I have all the answers. I just work on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I just talk with a lot of people and I'm very, you know, aspirational. That's mm-hmm. just my personality. But I know that I have to take it one step at a time and mm-hmm. I'm willing to, I'm willing to learn along the way. I'm willing to try and test and I'm willing to, you know, get off a call or at the end of the week and then say to my husband, well, that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week, I think I'm going to do something different. <laughs> and therefore I can get to some of these solutions and yeah. some of these things that we talk about today. Yeah. How how do you keep joy in? Because you appear to me like as you're going from stage to stage, as you're learning, how you're doing, like you seem to be enjoying it. I mean, it, the success and the failures, you know, how do you keep that? That you don't get frustrated? Yeah. Well, I don't want to say I don't get frustrated because um, I do. <laughs> it, I don't make it sound like that. I don't sometimes, you know, get into a just an emotional ball. And it's like, I just tied myself in this big knot. Why did I do that to myself? It happens. Absolutely. But I think what I found and what I've learned about myself over time is that I am more positively motivated. You know, Mm. some people want a deadline. Some people want the pressure to move them forward. Mm. And while I do use deadlines, I do use pressure. I do things last minute because I sent you guys something last minute too. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't make it sound like I don't. But what I also have realized and learned is that I can do more. I can do things better. And I'm more willing the next day to get up and do it again and do even greater things Mm. with that positive reinforcement. Now, not Mm. everyone's like that. Um, And I'm not asking them to be positive. I'm just saying, find out what motivates you and keep that close. Use those things. Um, You know, sometimes I, you know, I have like, um, my husband start playing this concert and for some reason I just loved it. (laughs) And I listened to it probably way too much. You know, (laughs) I was just like, I listened to that again. And I'm like, I don't know. It speaks to me. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why I can feel it. (laughs) But it's working. (laughs) And, you know, I I didn't anticipate it to do that, but it Mm. did. And I'm letting it run its course. Mm. And I'm letting it say that that. for some reason it inspires me. I want to get up. I I stand up. Mm. You know, I listen to the music. I sing the music. I'm doing all these things. And at the end of that, whatever session I've had, (laughs) I feel good. Then I say, I'm going to try to repeat those same things Mm. because the more positive I am, the more I'm able to face a challenge because mm-hmm. I believe on the other side, there is something positive for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the more I'm willing to try something because I know that I'll be proud of myself for trying as opposed to I'm looking to be proud of myself for the result. Often I'm saying mm-hmm. to myself, Stephanie, try it because that's what I want. That's what we're really trying to do. We're trying to make sure you can step out of your space, 
we are trying to make sure that you're not, I say we, like I'm having this whole internal dialogue, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we're trying to really make sure that, um, you know, I, I don't get boxed in like we've talked about mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. And therefore I, I try to, you know, kind of live bravely and boldly. And therefore for me to do that, that, that positivity really helps for me that, um, joy, those smiles, all those things, they just feed me. And I, I allow, I allow myself to be happy because I do feel like in our world, the world doesn't always allow you to be happy. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like even in entrepreneurial world, you you let me know if you think differently, but (laughs) you know, sometimes I feel like it's the grind. It's the grit. I didn't get any sleep last night. I worked all weekend. Like we're Mm -hmm. almost proud of bad behaviors. And, you know, it's hard to say like, no, I had a really good, yeah, I slept well. I got up and had breakfast like I was supposed to, Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? I had some really great meetings. I didn't run over all day because I planned my day correctly and put 30 minute breaks between it. Like People don't want to hear that positive. Sometimes they almost feel like there's that camaraderie in the negative. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that you can't tap into that and I can't. I'm not going to say that, you know, you don't sometimes reach towards it, but I'm just saying reach towards the other two, mm-hmm. reach towards that great story or sharing mm-hmm. something positive or sending somebody a text message. I'll send someone a text message or something just fun that happened to me or something I enjoy and spreading that joy and being comfortable with feeling that joy, mm-hmm. um, I think is something you have to acquire as a skill because mm-hmm. It's a little bit easier to hang out in the, you know, (laughs) you know, I can't believe, you know, kind of that space as opposed to, um, you know, really being willing to kind of hang out in the sunshine. It is interesting. And I think um, there's this, um, this feeling of um, martyrdom that one feels as an entrepreneur that we are responsible for every single thing and we have all the solutions and then and it's it's heavy and yeah and that just hit me as you said that it's like wow i do need to um find that joy you know and and be be on the other side of that as well that really is important Mm -hmm. yeah Wow. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> for <Absolutely>. reminding me. <laughs> Absolutely. And I remind myself sometimes, like when we talk, like, you know, I'm even hearing as we're talking, I'm like, oh yeah, I got to do this. Or, <laughs> you know, I should think about that. Like I did an interview earlier today and someone said something that I was like, oh, you know what? Have I ever thought about that in the context of my business? And mm. they weren't talking about my business. They were really just talking about a concept and what happens is it just created a light bulb moment. And I could have pushed it down and be like, I'm too busy. I don't have time for that. I'll worry about it later after I get all these like 28 tasks done and send those emails. Instead, I said, wait a minute. Let's let that idea or concept develop. Can I give mm-hmm. it even 10 or 15 minutes mm-hmm. and realize that, oh, that might have been an aha moment for me. Um, and, and just kind of sit in that moment, <laughs> as opposed to just sit and stew, you know, <laughs> sometimes sit in inspiration. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a cool place, um, place to be. Yeah. yeah. 
that's really that's really awesome i i the i feel like a lot of time I, I, I can speak for myself i guess but a lot of times when we're we are in this like the mode of like you know being negative a lot and um and not really having like we never reach out to that other side the the joy uh that side um i guess it can, it can be sort of taxing and you feel like you're always kind of in it you're always and there is no other other side but i think and or if there is another side you know you there is like you know one solution will will fix this problem i don't know what that solution is but when i get that one solution it'll fix it all <laughs> but i think you know the way that you're just sort of describing this and uh, is that there is you know even like a minute miniature entrepreneurial journey and just trying to find, you know, what that is, that is going to create the inspiration, you know, where, you know, you, you try something and it doesn't work. You're like, okay, well, let's just move on to the next thing. You try something, it doesn't work. You're like, Oh, okay. The next thing, try something. It does work a little bit. And you're like, okay, well, let's just add that in, you know, like, let's see if this, if I can, if I can keep doing this without feeling, you know, the, you know, the, the shame or the, um, you know, like of, of not finding that one key that was going to unlock everything mm-hmm. and then make everything <laughs> perfect from here on out. You know, I feel like the way that you're describing it and the way I'm, way I'm hearing it is that like, it's just a process. You find one thing, it works for a little bit and you just accept that this is the thing that work, is working right now. You use it, you use it to inspire you to keep going and then you find something else. And then Maybe this inspires you a little bit more, you know, then you add that into it. And and if maybe the first thing doesn't inspire you anymore, you know, like in six months, you're like, all right, well, let's move that and move on from that, go on to the next thing. And and it's sort of like just this journey of just using inspirational things around you to then like move forward as opposed to feeling as though there is a, um, there is an end goal. And once you've Mm. found that thing, now you're happy. You found you've unlocked happiness now. Like now that's over. Let's move on to the next thing. That's like happiness is a journey, wow. right? It's happiness is not necessarily uh a, a a stage or a level to to reach that you can or a boss you can beat, you know. <laughs> um it's a it is it is the it is just a journey in its work. So yeah, that's great. Absolutely. I love the way you phrase it because <laughs> Um, it really is something that you're just tapping into at times you're, you know, seeing, or you're able to touch it and, you know, you're able to spread it and share it. You know, it, it's that idea that it, it has different forms and that it's, it's the idea is that hopefully you can keep it always within reach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely agree with the way, way you said it. And, you know, I think it, it can help many of us to, to love the journey, not just mm. right. Right. hope that, you know, we hit, you know, like the next stop on this train right, yeah. <laughs> is going to be this, but yeah. really enjoy it because it also, it can extend into all aspects of our lives. You know, it can help you bring joy into other relationships. It can help you bring joy into difficult projects. You know, it can help you bring joy into difficult situations because the idea is, you know, you know, happiness isn't foreign to you anymore. Happiness is something that you understand. Mm. And when you start understanding it, it's really something that can just spread 
um, you know, throughout so many things you do, even some things that even feel mundane, you know, it's kind mm. of like, like I said, I'm just eating breakfast, but eating breakfast outside speaks to me, yeah, <laughs> you know, so looking many. out a window speaks yeah. to me. It's just breakfast, <laughs> but it's just that, that space and time um, right. that it works for me. I, I I really like uh, the idea of actually having that, that there's a space for joy in everything that we're doing, you know? And so like um, when we bring on people with different skills into our business with us, so that the things that I know how to do, there'll be more joy there. And then somebody else can then do something else that'll bring them joy within it. That way I'm not, I'm not always doing all those eight things that I don't like to do, you know, where the only two that I really love are so small compared to the other eight and the eight consumes me and makes my two things that I love to do be joyless because I'm constantly worrying about the other eight things. And it, it's really, it's, it's great. I, I love the way you, you really, it's almost as though we have to give ourselves permission to say, no, I've got to step into joy here. You know, like uh, what I'm doing, if it has meaning, you know, if I'm making a difference, then I definitely should be able to have joy in this. Otherwise, why do it? Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And defining that joy, just like you said, when you're working on projects, you know, sometimes the joy is the collaboration with a team member. It's not right. just getting the project done yeah. or you know, celebrating their accomplishment, you know, where, okay, they're working on that project and then they're able to figure it out or they take what you've given them and they take it to a whole new level or they do something unique or different. And you're like, oh my goodness, that's exciting. Like that's a fun thing to see that a person's not only finding their aha moment, but it's beautiful to to know that, you know, I didn't have to like lock myself in a room <laughs> to even get to half of that state. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like someone else was able to do it. So yeah. I think it's it's defining joy in different ways and mm. and finding those moments that are not always just getting the project done, but it's having time to laugh with your team. It's having time for them to shine. It's having time for them to showcase. And it's having time even as founders to get to learn from our teams, right. to our teams do something and we're like, whoa, and and express that, not express it as that was a very good job, <laughs> you know, <laughs> express it as, oh, that was kind of cool. How did you do that? How'd you come up with it? You know, and really give them that moment that, um, you know, we made mm. experience as founders when we came up with an idea give them that moment to to shine and be recognized. Hmm. Um, and that can that can be that joy because it's to me it's so exciting to not only tap into your own joy, but see somebody else experience. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like sometimes when we, you know, when we have like, you know, like a niece or like a young niece or something like that or a niece or a nephew and they're like a kid and they do something very small, but they just love it. You know what I mean? They're playing with a balloon as an example and they're just <laughs> enjoying it. <laughs> and you see that and you get reminded about how, mm. you know, something like just playing with a balloon can be a wonderful and beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. um, we can apply that, I think, to our businesses as well. well yeah. So, wow. This is that's so great. great. Uh, we are, we're wow. running out of time. 
As yeah, it didn't feel like we. Uh... You, you mean I can't continue to talk to Stefan? <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would all day. It's yeah. So it's so it's such a joy just to um, yeah, just wow. It, it's so yeah. great, so yeah. great. You know, it's, yeah. Thank you. I, I feel like you're giving me so much permission to just have joy in what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not take it so seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we do have a, a, a couple more questions for you. Um, uh, so what advice would you give to a, either a person who is, you know, just starting out in their entrepreneurial journey or, you know, they just, they have an idea, uh, and, and, and they want to create a business, you know, a vegan business that is going to be successful. What, what would you sort of, what advice would you give? to a, a first timer or a, a newly new adat, new idea or is that a word? No, it's not a word, but you well, get it. Ideation. It's all, yeah. yeah. There's Ideation. Kinda, exactly. Yeah. In the business world, we kind of like make up words sometimes yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, and then people love it. And then we just it continues. So <laughs> yes. absolutely. I, I know where you're headed. Um, I would say a couple of things often when I teach um, people who are just starting out is build a roadmap especially a roadmap for your first 12 years. And I say a roadmap, not a like recipe kind of thing. Not I'm only mm. going to put like two cups of sugar in and, you know, five olives in. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's not to, meant to be rigid. It's really meant to help you along the way to say, okay, I'm here today. What does success look like in 12 months? Mm. What would it look like? What would I have accomplished? Have I sold five products? Because maybe you have a high-end product. Um, does it mean that I've been featured in three magazines? Does it mean that I've had X amount of customers, you know, coming through the door, maybe as a restaurant? Um, is it that I've figured out my core menu? You know, because sometimes we it doesn't all have to be financial. It can mm -hmm. be answering key questions that you need to get answered so you can better form your business. So having two, maybe even three things that you want to say within 12 months, this is where I want to be. And then you work your way backwards. Mm -hmm. You start to say, well, how much time do I need to do that? And then if I don't know exactly what that time is, take those three things and break them up. In three months, say, okay, I want to make X amount of progress in that project in three months. Okay, mm -hmm. so therefore three months in, six months in, nine months in, you know what you're trying to accomplish. And then you have that last month to perfect, maybe perfect's the wrong word, but that last three months for you to improve upon what you've built. Um, give you that time so you can take what you did and make it better. Because often we don't give ourselves time to improve. We often only give ourselves time to launch. <laughs> so that's how that's I would right. break down. The other thing is, you know, for some of us, they're not like maybe huge planners. For some of us that are like, what? I like to, you know, live life, you know, based on how I feel <laughs> going on. And I, I understand that you may need a tighter timeline, but at a minimum, everyone should know for a specific month, what are you trying to do this month? What's mm -hmm. the big win of the month? Um, if you need to even bring that down more, what's the big win of the week? Because sometimes when you're first getting started, you feel like there's a gazillion things to do. It's like, I got to do paperwork. I have to file this. I have to set up a website. You have all these tactical things. 
And by sitting down and saying, week one, I'm going to get this done. Week two, I'm going to get this done. And in my next, in my first 60 days, this is what I'm going to do each week. Mm -hmm. Then all you do is start to march towards that. Yes, other stuff will come up. But remember, you're making that commitment to yourself. You're working through that exercise of accountability where you set something you want to get done that takes a week to get done. So I don't want you to say, I'm going to get it done in a week and it takes a month to do it. <laughs> a little lopsided there. But, you know, saying, okay, this is what I can do this week, committing to yourself and then getting that done, that practice will go a long way in your business mm -hmm. that will help you get into a process of completion a process mm -hmm. of getting things done and being able to walk your way there. So I really love to tell people to kind of put a level of structure around launching their idea or developing their ideas or marching mm -hmm. towards um, that 12 month goal or worst case scenario, you know, 30, 60, 90 day goal, <laughs> you know, just so you get, get used to that process. The other thing is I love to tell people to come up with professional goals, like professional, personal goals. And what I mean by that is, what do you want to do for you? Do you want to become a stronger public speaker? Mm, do you want to write more? Do you mm. want to express yourself more? Do you want to try videos? Do you want to do reels on Instagram? Because you've never done it before, but other people have done it. And you're like, I'm going to just try it, you know, give yourself one of those like kind of personal goals so that your accomplishments are not just tied to things that might feel mundane. Your accomplishments can feel like you're investing in yourself. You're investing in you becoming more of that leader, entrepreneur, founder, you know, whatever title that you're going to be taking on, you're actually doing that. And then the final thing I would say when you're building your business is understand who your customer is and figure out how you're going to hang out with them. Whether you're hanging out and they really know you're there because you're active, mm -hmm. or if you're hanging out because you're just part of groups that your customers mm -hmm. um, are in, you know, support forums, just places so that you know who they are and what they're talking about, what they're interested in, what kind of feedback, and start to participate. Mm -hmm. um, start to really, you know, hang out, enjoy, and be a part of that um, community. And actually, I want to stick in one more thing. I know it's a three, <laughs> one more. Um, <laughs> but get your first few customers or clients. Mm -hmm. And I bring that up because sometimes what we do is we like, when we're building a brand new business, we are just building it and building it and planning it. <laughs> and six months pass and three months, you know, and, and then a year passes. And we're trying to make this amazing thing mm -hmm. as opposed to saying, this is where the product, the service, the item is today. Mm -hmm. Let's open the doors and let some customers and clients come through and give us feedback. Knowing it's not perfect, because honestly, it'll never be perfect. Um, and being transparent about it. Say, hey, this is my first rendition. This is what I'm working on. This is the prototype of it. And this is why I'm doing it. Or I want you to do pre-sales because I'm coming out with a book and I want to see if you guys are supporting this project. Allow people to support you in that development. Don't be afraid and think that it has to come out with like a bow on it um, the first time out the gates. And I think a lot of times getting those first few clients, having events, a lot of times what people do before having a restaurant, you know, they'll do pop-ups. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. a great way for right. them to get started, to prepare the meals, get feedback, do those things. Or sometimes people do a food truck 
before they do a restaurant. Don't be afraid to do a version of your ultimate goal to help you get started. You know, knowing that maybe you're going to be a fitness coach and you want to come out with, you know, a line of protein and you're going to be coaching people and you're going to have a membership program. Great. Pick one of those and get some customers, <laughs> get some clients, coach them, get a success story, get someone saying what you have done has helped them. And when you start to hear those stories, it's reassuring. Mm -hmm. When you get that feedback, it helps you guide your way. And once you have kind of customers and people there, you've built a very unique support system for yourself as an entrepreneur, because you have people that have said that they value what you do. It's not mm -hmm. just the people who you gave it away for free or, or, <laughs> or gave them a coupon or something like that, you know, so they could, you know, get X, Y, and Z and, and not invest. Having an actual paying customer is a big thing because it can really motivate you and help you feel like what you're doing matters mm. to others. Mm. Um, and not that we're looking for their justification. It's just that in a business, there's always that handshake between the business and the customer. And the more we can encourage that, the more that you know you start to build people who are like, almost invested in your success as customers, um, the, the sooner you'll be able to build those mm. strong and sustainable businesses. Mm. That's really That's great. really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's really uh, good. Yeah, I love it. So next question is, um, what are you working on at the moment? Question, because it also even links to what we were just talking about and even kind of earlier um, conversation. One of our big things we're working on is this like online community. Hmm. And the reality of it is like, I've had this dream for three years. So I say that to say like, there's tons of things that I do and I execute and I implement fast and quickly. And it's one been one of my, my like superpowers, but in this thing, it hasn't been my like fast, quick thing. And the reality is maybe it's just not that kind of project. It has to take yeah. time mm. for it. But what I love about it is our online community is a way for people to get support long-term. I work with a lot mm. of people one-on-one. -on -one. I work with people like in six-month coaching agreements. Um, I do online courses, which people have loved. But what I learned over the years is people are like, what's my next course? What's my next training? And oh, I haven't I been able to always keep up with the demand. <laughs> Um, and it's been so sad and frustrating, like all those things you talked about, like that's the, 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 you know, the story of, of success that I realized that maybe what I needed was much more of a membership kind of program where people can be in the space with me. I can work with a larger group of people I and see. through like a year and through kind of having this program where people are getting constant access to me, you know, they can come into a live session almost once a week. Um, and they'll do different sessions. One's like tea with Stephanie. So it's more casual. Some of it's like a co-working session. So like, you know, we sit down and like do social media planning together so they can see how I do it and they can get work done. And then some are like office hours where you just show up and ask me questions. But what's been excited about doing this is it's given me an opportunity to kind of bring all the things I've done in all the years that used to be kind of in their own little silos. Like I have a paid podcast or I have a course or I do one-on-one. -on -one. Now I'm able to bring it all together so people can get the full experience, access everything in one place and get that live support. So mm. um, that's my big project. That's, that's awesome. my big thing 
that I had to be patient about. <laughs> and I'm really, really excited um, about I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna our have launch. To, I'm going to have to check that out for sure. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Give me feedback. Yes. <laughs> when, uh, when are you launching that? Or, or is it already launched? Or It's going to be, we're going to be doing a, what we call open house in May. Mm. Okay. Um, so the open house will give people an opportunity to kind of check it out, hang out, oh, see the information and everything before um, they become active members. Nice. Um, and then in June, we'll have people switch over from that open house, you know, 30 day kind of trial period yeah. into becoming either full fledged members. We'll also have a like free level as well, because when you're first starting out and running a business, you sometimes don't have the budget. Mm-hmm. So there are some resources that we can offer people in that lane so that you still get support if you're not ready for a full-fledged membership. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have those kind of like paid, and then we're also going to have a kind of free version. We call it our vegan mainstream village. Uh, I love, I love and that. that should hopefully be a, a nice place for people to get started if yeah. they're not ready to make the leap. Wow. That's awesome. So last VMV. question. Huh? VMV. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so the last question is, uh, which is also going to be helpful for the people uh, to understand what how to get a hold of you for this as well. But what, how can people reach you and 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 get more into this, into what you're doing? You know, ask you questions or, you know, even become you know customers for you. Absolutely. So we're definitely on social media. Um, so it's always a great place to get connected. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. So you just look me up, Stephanie Red Cross West. Um, challenge of getting married. Sometimes you'll see Red Cross. Sometimes you'll see West. <laughs> that's okay. It's still me. So look for the photo. Um, but on all of our social media platforms, we have a vegan mainstream version. So always look at the handle at vegan mainstream, whether you're on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, you know, we're on all of the platforms. So it's a great way to sometimes get some free content. It's a great way to get inspiration. We also offer free webinars, um, which is another um, one of the things I love doing because it can train people on like new and exciting and trendy things. Um, You can always drop us an email. We use our kind of group email because that way everyone can jump in and um, it doesn't just sit in my inbox all day because I'm in meetings all day. (laughs) So we use our support at Vegan Mainstream. So if you have a question um, or you need anything, you can definitely um, shoot us an email. And then our website has all the information about our services, our products. And I also offer a free discovery call. It's like a quick 20 minute call where if people are interested in working with us, but they're like, I don't know what I need or should I do this? Or I can't decide, should I invest? Um, you just jump online, click a link. Um, you can book a count. My calendar is live online. So you can book a time with me. And then I spend about 20 minutes just kind of walking through what you need and answering those questions. Awesome. Perfect. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, for, for coming on today and, and just, and just giving people, uh, expanding their heads so much that they can't put a hat on because there's just so much information in there. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, thank it's you a good so thing much. I do, it's a good thing I didn't wear a hat. Yeah. It would have been ripped. <laughs> right now. It's so great. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. It's been wonderful. It's been great to talk. It's been great to chat. 
Um, and it's just fun to be able to talk about these things. Kind of, it was fun that we covered so many different topics. Um, <laughs> that you know what I mean? It's it's just it it just shows how like well rounded we are. I think you mm-hmm. know as individuals, and also you know what messaging some of us need at at different points in time. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate this. This was really fun, and um, I just um, appreciate the opportunity um, to be with you today and to speak with your community. Thank you, Thank you so much. So much. And they're happy, very it. happy too. Uh, if if they're anything like us, they're very happy that they even got to hear you, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. All Thank right. Thank you. Great. Well, we'll see you soon, I'm sure. We should do this Absolutely. again. Absolutely. Yeah. Take care. So we just had Stephanie on the, I mean, what, what I mean, right? She was, she, she was powerful. That was great. I really liked it a lot. She's got a great personality. Um, just her presentation, um, the self-confidence, mm-hmm. the comfort that she's got in her own skin in being herself. Mm-hmm. It's so great. And um, I th- that people are going to really get a lot out of that. Yeah. And just, just watching, observing her, you know, just navigate through all these uh, different different questions and different um, aspects of um, creating a vegan world, a more conscious world. Yeah. Um, it's really beautiful. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't wait to actually have her come back because maybe we can even narrow it down to one or two things that she can really teach us and just, mm-hmm. you know, really get us out. And I definitely want to make sure that we promote, um, you know, her, her, her workshops, whatever she's teaching, mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be really, really good for a lot of entrepreneurs. Yeah, vegan, you know, vegan mainstream is is the company, and I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, just just clicking through the website, there's a lot of a lot of stuff here, and also on on her socials, and there's a lot of stuff there too. A lot of information that people can just you know without. You know, I, I obviously think that you should be following her. You know, whatever whatever you can do to get into that world, and also whatever you can do to get in on the May, you know, uh, you know the 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 open house, you know, that she's got going right. on. Get in, get in on that while you can, um, because it's just so much, so much good information. Yeah, yeah. it's exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, um, really happy. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, um. Yeah, so I guess uh, I guess we'll see everybody. So that was Stephanie Red Cross West, uh, and we will see everybody else next week on the uh, uh, when we have a new guest that's going to be really cool and really amazing. Uh, yeah, so we'll see you all, we'll right. See all then. Alrighty, bye, bye everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Green Carpet Interviews. We hope you found it informative and inspiring. This show was brought to you by Veg on the Edge, our vegan restaurant in Santa Cruz and San Luis Obispo. If you're in the area, be sure to stop by and check out our delicious plant-based dishes. Check out vegontheedge.com for more information. To stay connected with us and learn more about conscious living, follow us on Instagram at Green Carpet Interviews. We love hearing from our listeners and would love to hear your thoughts and feedback. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Green Carpet Interviews. Thank you.